0: Welcome to this week's episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchison, and joined with me, as always, is Mr. Angel Mendoza. Hello, world. And this week we are joined uh, by a special guest, Mauricio Angulo, who is the America's Marketing Communications Manager for ExxonMobil Fuels. So, Mauricio, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here today. Oh, uh, we're glad, glad
0: to have you here. I know, I think the last time we were talking was uh, actually at CES, uh, at the fine establishment of Guy Fieri, who was also <laughs> a big fan of tropical t-shirts. so
2: Indeed it was. <laughs> well, little do you know that Mauricio and I do brunch every other Sunday, so that was the last time I spoke with him. Uh, yeah. And the shirts, I'm sure, was, were just as festive. There you go. <laughs> um, but so today we're here to talk
0: about uh, a topic that I think everybody is buzzing about, uh, which will be autonomous vehicles. Um, and a quick background here is that, you know, really coming out of CES this year, uh, it gave us, you know, an evolved look at the power of to- of autonomy. You know, centered around the experience that goes beyond driving itself. We saw uh, this real emergence of transportation as a service, and some areas that we're really like looking to see uh, mobility do some transformation, especially with autonomous vehicles, is not only uh, just in the auto category, but across healthcare and retail and restaurants, uh, grocery deliveries. I mean, pretty much there is everything, in a sense, can be affected by uh, the world of, of autonomous vehicles, um, especially when they become like in a fleet form. You. you know, that'll be our, uh, our little background intro to today's episode. But um, Mauricio, I'm, I'm curious to know from you, because, again, we were at CS this year together and autonomy was a big aspect. Um, you know, what it, what what really excites you the most right now about the autonomous vehicle future that we're uh, slowly closing in on?
1: Well, what really excites me most about the autonomous vehicles is the fact that, that once again, the transportation industry is evolving very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an exciting time to be part of, of, the, of the industry. I look forward to seeing how these technologies advance, mm-hmm. how consumers' behaviors change, and uh, how the urban space changes as well, and how people react to it, how our brands and companies react to this rapidly evolving uh, situation. Yeah.
0: Angel, what about you?
2: What's, uh, what's the most exciting thing that you're looking at? To be honest, the rollout of internet. So it, in my opinion, in order for this to actually come to fruition, we mm-hmm. really need to have that internet infrastructure, not only for the vehicles, but for the consumers, because consumers. you're going to have so much more time inside the vehicle. Absolutely. You're absolutely yeah. right.
0: The, uh, the 5G future is, is very much intertwined with
2: the, the, the rollout of, of autonomous vehicles. One area I wanna touch on is the challenges that autonomous vehicles will face. So one, to kick this off, is the recent interest and VC investment into these last mile vehicles. So the e-scooters, the bicycles. I could see that as a challenge, it more, it's cheaper. It's easier to get and get to your location. But what other challenges or factors do you guys see that might delay the deployment of autonomous vehicles? I mean, my big so I got two.
0: I got two. It's two pronged approach on this one. The idea of, of regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think truly that's going to be the hardest part to deploy these uh, these autonomous fleets. Um, they have like, like the companies have the technology. They are doing just hundreds of thousands of test miles in simulations and now starting to be on roads. Um, I think like the challenges are going to be one to have cities and, min- and, uh, municipalities open to having these vehicles drive around without any supervision in a sense. And then two, you know, how are, how are consumers going to first start to react to it? because mm-hmm. um, I could see, for example, that from a consumer perspective, it might be, you might be a bit more cautious in a sense, like how you walk around a city or, um, even wanting to get into one, because it's like you know, it's like you're you're really putting your faith in these algorithms and these and and the right. lidar and the computer vision uh, to get you somewhere safely um, and to kind of like let go of the wheel in the sense, as they say, Jesus take the wheel. Like I mean, it, that's going to be a barrier for like just on, on like the con- like the consumer side that they're going to have to overcome to really put their faith uh, and trust these companies to deliver that safe experience. And I think that is like like the ultimate factor. But we, t- we, t- we talk about brand trust. Um, I mean, giving your, your pretty much like your your body and your life into these cars that get you there safely and you know, it's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a big, big step.
1: Yeah, my, my, my two comments here, I think to, to the last mile type of vehicle, you, you'll probably still have some different behavior between urban and, and suburban environments, huh? Yep. So certainly in an urban environment, you could see different behavior in a suburban environment you think also sometimes with uh, different weather patterns and so on when it's very very cold you w- want to get get onto a scooter rather than being in your nice comfortable pod if you wish yeah. that uh, <laughs> gets you straight straight to your home or if it's in a very hot environment similar, similar to of example huh? maybe the only other or the the other comment i would make is around potential concerns around cybersecurity and yeah. and and so on because you're going to have a lot of uh, internet connected vehicles and 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 a lot of IT infrastructure and programming and so on. Uh, I, I could see that that potentially being a, a, a concern or a challenge. Uh, to your point, are you going to be able to to trust uh, the vehicle, Scott, or or, or, the, or the company or, or whomever? Yeah, whoever it might be. Because th- this could be a, a potential risky risky situation. Huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to, I, I want to expand yeah. off the point that uh, Marius made about these different modes of transportation. Um, I don't think the, the the idea of scooters and bikes and all that are necessarily a direct competitor or a challenge for mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles. That is going to be part of the larger like mobility service that. It might be a compliment in. to it, or something like that. Right? Exactly. E- exactly, because it's like it'll be you take a uh, a vehicle from your home to like a bus or to like 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 the center of the city, and then from there you take a, like a, a scooter from to the sure. to the actual office, and then maybe take a bike to the park. Like, it's all gonna be wrapped into this idea of this like big mobility transportation platform.
2: Well, I, I'll challenge that because yeah. that's it that makes sense because of one factor is cost. It, you, you have to pay the driver. You have to pay the car. Um, and then you have to pay the, the platform, but Mm -hmm. when it's all autonomous, some of those costs go away. So instead of doing all that, I might as well just stay in the car and take me end to end.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, there's the, the ideal scenario for that. But even, even so like, like, like the, the different use cases, I think that provide like a scooter and a bike versus an autonomous vehicle where yes, um, that, 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 that car will get you end to end. But there will be a time when you'll see it's like, you know, oh, I don't re- actually need to go and call a car for like a, a five block, you know, ride up. Yeah. It'll just be like, oh, here's a scooter station that's next to like the the autonomous pod pickup. I'll pick that up and I'll just ride mm-hmm. up five blocks.
1: But, you know, my, my take at least, you know, I, I don't live in, in New York, but I, I love coming here. Uh, but I see a lot of people walking or taking taking bikes and so on. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a bit of consumer change also, depending on where you are, for sure. Huh? Right, depending on the true. distance, you might, you might walk depending on... Uh, you might then take a bike if it's a bit longer. You might then take a, an autonomous vehicle if it's even longer, huh? That's or it, depending if you're going to point A to point B and uh, how how you want to plan your, your, your full route, huh? Also, uh-huh.
2: I concede. I concede. You guys are right. <laughs> however, when it's 90 degrees <laughs> plus degree <up>. or <laughs> <laughs> below, below uh, uh, 30 degrees, yeah, then, that's you, might con- story, then yeah. you might consider taking an autonomous vehicle and I agree.
0: Yeah. I agree. That's yeah, yes, for sure. Um but there's, I mean, I would say, and to that point, there's a, a great article on our Medium website that we'll put into the show notes here uh, that, that talks about this idea of the shift towards this multimodal transportation and the future of mobility. Um, it covers some of the things that we talked about here, but it really dives into this, like like the full collective of automated vehicles to scooters to bike sharing to ride sharing to tr- public transport, it kind of brings that all under one umbrella. Um, and our, of course, our lovely editor in chief, Richard Yao, does, mm-hmm. a, does a great job really you know, fleshing that out for us. So we'll put that in the show notes if you're looking for um, a bit more uh, detail into that. So there are a lot of different companies working on the solution. Uh, there are a lot of different timelines. Uh, I've seen timelines that say 2020, 2019. I've seen timelines that say 2030, 2035. So when are you? When do you guys think? And Mauricio, we'll start with you. Like, when do we think autonomous vehicles on the road will actually start to roll out, where we have a large adoption of them, rather than just testing?
1: Uh, sure, uh, Scott. Your your listeners might might like to know that I think there's still a lot a lot of testing that still needs to take place, as as you mentioned uh, a while ago, not, not only from from just the autonomous vehicles themselves, but from the Building of the city infrastructure, all the infrastructure that goes al- along with that. So, for eventually to have a full rollout of autonomous vehicles, I think it's going to take take quite a while still. But uh, that's not to say that things aren't moving very rapidly. Right. Uh, but it'll take 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 some time. Well, to touch on the city yeah. infrastructure, do you
2: think cities will change roads first in order to adapt to autonomous vehicles, or do you see autonomous vehicles rolling out with existing roads and then? Those roads being altered after the fact. That,
1: that, that's an interest, interesting question. I think it's a, it's a long term kind of question. It's a little bit like the chicken and the egg. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's going to come first, but I think somebody's going to have to take uh, a first step. Maybe it will be uh, the cities uh, having some dedicated lanes, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But maybe it'll be some some other other developments that the cars come come first, and and then we figure out how the infrastructure works. But you got to be very mindful of all the safety considerations and so on to come along with that. No?
0: Right, so. I, th- I think the, um, I, I agree with you that yeah. the, the technology is advancing super, super fast. Like that is coming out, yeah. like I wouldn't be surprised, like for example, Waymo is gonna start doing tests this year in Arizona with passengers in like restricted <coughs> environments. But the larger adoption, I think the biggest hurdle is not the technology, but the regulations behind the technology that will you know ha- allow cities to adopt these vehicles to be on the road without like a human driver or for example, to be paying attention.
2: I also think cost. I wonder how much an autonomous vehicle will cost once they begin to roll out so. If we're thinking, if I were to put a date on when a large portion of the U.S. big, big, big bet here, mm-hmm. Angel, uh, I'm throwing it out there. So we're gonna have to be friends until 2025 to prove this out. Okay, that, okay. That's, <laughs> that's the year I'm throwing out there. 2025.
0: All right, I like that. It's safe. It's, it's a mm-hmm. safe bet, but pretty rapid. I think, and I, I think in general, just from the news and, and, what, and what we're listening to, is this is coming faster. In overall than anybody had really expected, um, which is which is exciting. It's a cool thing to see how this is going to really have an impact on the different parts of our lives. And I, the three areas that we really identified that we want to get into here are how autonomous vehicles are going to impact consumer behavior, which is one the infrastructure, which we've, we've kind of already t- touched on, uh, as well as the different fuel sources. Like, h- how are we going to actually power these autonomous vehicles? Uh, it seems like electric is big today, but um, I know there are other options out there that we could potentially be using. Um, when we look looking at consumer behavior, you know, it's interesting to kind of take a look and see how the car is in general has really impacted um, the cultural part of the U.S. Like, this has been something that uh, is really this, like, quintessential part of consumer culture and it's defined and changed how and where people live. I mean like the suburbs for example were built because people had cars that get them there and then they could drive into work or wherever they, they might be. So it's really going to be interesting to see how autonomous vehicles then we're going to change not only in suburbs and urban areas but just in general how we go about our day-to-day actions. So you know I think and I think that first action is like ownership of a car. Um, do we think that Consumers gonna own more cars, own less cars.
2: Guess Uh, always
1: first. uh, Thank you. (laughs) That's an interesting question because you know, as as we see, the the car has indeed transformed uh, America, and people's behaviors have have evolved with that. Uh, Now, whether it's gonna be more cars on the road, less cars on the road, who knows? You know, maybe you know some of the autonomous vehicles will be able to drive closer by to each other. You know, so there might be ability to be more more higher density and maybe the, the cars uh, there'll be more cars in the road but then again maybe cars will be utilized differently than, right. than they are today so who knows i think the, the jury might still be out uh, right. but there's going to be a lot of consumer behavior changes to go along with that
2: absolutely angel what about you what are your thoughts that's super interesting and i do want to touch on how to use the cars differently because i never really dove deep into that but for me I think there will be less cars because they're going to be more efficient in terms of driving to point A and to point B. And I also think it's going to lead to super suburbs where more people are going to live outside the city because now you don't have to worry about driving, so why not live an extra quarter mile or half mile away from your uh, current commute or current location?
0: All I can really think about is this, I just picture iRobot and then Will Smith in the back of the car going like 200 miles per hour. And it's like, do you want to take over manual command? He's like, yes. And it's just like he just can't even keep up with all the traffic that's going like zipping, mm-hmm. zipping in and out. Um, but I mean, with these autonomous vehicles, I think the first thing that when we look at it from an ad perspective, how it's going to change like, consumer behavior is that there's now more time people don't have to actually be actively paying attention when they drive, this commute is now more a lean back experience than lean in, and there's an opportunity for, um, you know, brands and advertisers to actually capitalize on that uh, extra commute time. So today, you know, podcasts seem to be one way to do that traditional radio, but uh, going, to f- going in the future is like, we could be watching TV and videos and consuming all sorts of different content. Mauricio, you're you're a client mm-hmm. of ExxonMobil, Is this something that you guys are looking into, like this idea of how to capture that time when it comes to this lean back autonomous experience?
1: One way I like to think about it is even today, even if you're not driving, you might be looking at your cell phone, you'll be consuming media, you'll be doing something like that. So, one way to maybe look at it in a simplified way is you might do more of that because you aren't driving. You'll be just behaving as a passenger, Right. and you'll just be doing many things that you're doing today. And as technology evolves, you'll probably be doing other things. Huh? Maybe you're gonna be even more connected to to Angel's point right. point earlier, huh? but maybe some of that fundamental behavior as a passenger won't change. Huh? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: That's an that's an yeah. interesting point to think about. The amount of Instagram stories I can now consume on my way into work is just dramatically <laughs> increased. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah, I'm really keen on the content consumption because yeah. with the extra time, what can you do? You can do TVs or I mean TV shows. Sure. podcast. and I, there was a recent article about how podcasting is taking over blogs. but also from a business perp- perspective, now you have more time to prepare. So with yeah. that extra time, why not look over that PowerPoint or the outline, or get ready for that big presentation?
1: I, I agree with you, Angel. Maybe you do indeed see people actually working more because yeah. they get extra time exactly in, in, their, in their daily commute. Yeah, and and
0: you know maybe that what that leads into is again like kind of looking at these vehicles, you know, not really as like in the traditional car sense, but as more like transportation pods that can be customized and outfitted for different. Aspects. So maybe we have a work pod that is hooked up with, you know, a better internet connection, has a desk and a tabletop, or maybe even like a conference phone. If we still have phones, then that's one way to look at it. So like those computers going to work, they have a specialized unit. Um, whereas maybe if you're at home and you want to be more of a shopping experience, but you want to go out, you know, they these autonomous vehicles can now be outfitted uh, for a, a retail selection that can be like driving straight up to your doorstep. Uh, and you kind of go in there, and take a take a quick shop around, uh, and then. Um, what buy what you want. And then they, they kind of move along to like the next stop. So it's like this idea of like how behavior can just totally change. I mean, it's, it's up for grabs and who's this, I, I'm not going to say, I know exactly what, what's going to happen, but we're already seeing this with today with Toyota's e-pallet concept that was announced at CES where uh, it's a modular system that can be outfitted to do different things, whether that's grocery shopping or being a, it's like a store on wheels or outfitted for a, a commuter pod that's you know work related how we're going to be spending our time around these cars is going to be drastically different than I think, you know, than what the traditional concept of a car and how we spend our time in there uh, today will be.
2: I I love that. I could see this actually in the future being a new business unit for a Lyft or Uber. So for example, on the weekends, you want to go somewhere with a family, why not rent a specific pod for that? Or if you want to go, with your friend just traveling, mm-hmm. a specific pod outfitted with extra, I don't know, video game systems or space for board games. Like this can be, yeah. and I'm just looking down the road, a business unit
1: for yeah. some of these on-demand More providers. More of an adaptable space type of thing, huh? Exactly. Yeah,
2: they, mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly. And it's funny, Angel, you bring that up because I, I think that's what exactly Uber and Lyft are like, kind of looking at at the space as it's going to become a new Business segment for them to have these different cars that are optimized for different purposes to like to power that fleet of autonomy. Like that's, I think at the core of what this um, transportation as, as a service will be. Where today the car is very much one to one in a sense like a person owns a car, they love their car, um, but when. Transportation becomes more uh, excuse me more, more commoditized. Maybe the car itself isn't as precious to like a, a consumer, but instead getting to where they're going is more important, and they're willing to just to use the, the the actual like the software platform that has the best experience, that has you know the the specialized car for them. Uh, that's what they're going to be looking for um, more so than this like owner like like that ownership of the car. Of course, we can't neglect that. Obviously, these. Cars at some point need to get charged up again. They they need to get fueled in some way. To today, I know, Marisa, you guys have been doing a lot of work and like trying to understand like kind of like what is that app pump behavior.
1: Yes, I, I think in well, we have already been seeing a, a, a shift in consumer behavior towards the experience, if you wish. It is true that that'll happen with autonomous vehicles. Is something that. We as ExxonMobil are, are offering already with, with for our consumers through some of our technology solutions, if you wish. If mm-hmm. you think of our SpeedPass Plus app, how people are able to pay, to earn, earn rewards, and, and so on. That you're already seeing. So mm-hmm. I would still see some uh, developments along those areas autonomous vehicles allow you to do as well is to want to make travel a streamlined, enjoyable experience for our customers. Right. So to the extent that we're able to do that and provide that in a, in a safe way, I think that's that's where, where these things might, might be going. I love that, and I wonder what the impact of that will be for other travel industries.
2: So for example, trains, will, with autonomous vehicles and with the convenience of refueling or recharging easier and more convenient, I would go on more road trips.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. totally agree. <laughs> so I
2: wonder how the trans- uh, how the train industry will hold up with this because I would choose to actually autonomous vehicle and easily travel down to more places.
1: It's, it's a good comparison because you could think of a, an autonomous vehicle as a mini train mm-hmm. that, that you're just riding on and you have more flexibility and convenience probably than having to uh, stick to the... Preset routes that the that the Train trains already well. have, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have an I, I have a wild he- pitch here, mm-hmm. but uh, Mauricio, hear me out on this mm-hmm. one. So it's like the the idea for me, like when it comes to like refueling, is this I? It's kind of like easy pass, for example. So it's like you know now there's like or a, speed plus or or s- speed pass well, plus speed yeah, pa- yeah. plus exactly. But that, right. but <laughs> it, it's that convenience factor yeah. where if we look way in the future and everything is a, a, with this autonomous vehicle it's like maybe what the that like exxon this gas station becomes a speed lane that you just zip through and, and it's like woof, powers like powers mm-hmm. your electronical vehicle and and then, then you just keep going so like on like on these routes there's this like exxon like like hot spots kind of like a mario kart where you zip by mm-hmm. and get a speed up that becomes like the charging station or like the refueling station and you just kind of let's like keep on going at
2: like 200 miles per hour or or and I- I want to get your thoughts on yeah. on both these ideas. Yeah. The opposite where each mobile station is an experience. So going to your earlier point, instead of just speeding on by, actually knowing that autonomous vehicles will, say in this world, replace trains, mm-hmm. make each stop an experience. So you start seeing like a business center around ExxonMobil stations, mm-hmm. and then you stop and experience that, and then you keep on
1: going. Exactly, exactly. Even if you think of, of trying to best, make the best fueling experience for, for our, uh-huh. our, our consumers, whether that's a, a autonomous vehicle or an actual person. Mm-hmm. Just having this ability to have uh, a nice place to have a, a pit stop, if you wish. huh? Mm-hmm. And a lot of convenience around it, whether it's food, clean, re- clean restrooms, other amenities around yeah. there, that for sure might be a, a way where this thing goes. huh? Now, I think there are people who still want convenience sometimes if they want to do a quick in-and-out. Mm-hmm. So you may still want to have a bit of a combination of the the fast lane if you wish you know right. but also have the ability to to stop by and, and enjoy a good good experience there yeah
2: perfect solve have uh, yeah, both. <laughs> well, yeah we'll, ha- we'll have both cause I was yes.
1: gonna say there's no
0: road trip hey. I've ever been in my life where you have to go to the bathroom you can't yeah. stop mother nature like that's that's on a time clock and there's only a certain amount of time hey. that you can go without a can't stop it yet. yeah
2: so what kind of person are you would you be at
1: personal yeah. opinion Yeah. yeah.
2: Zoom right by or enjoy the experience?
1: Uh, I, I'm more the enjoy the experience. I, I think we have fantastic uh, service stations out there and I, I, I like to enjoy the experience there. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. And I think this is a great lead into our topic about infrastructure because as we're talking about re- remodeling all of Exxon Mount Mobile gas stations, <laughs> I think this will definitely change how urban spaces are developed, how, suburb- like how suburbia is developed. So I'm curious to know, before, because I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to hear from you guys first. How how do you guys envision these urban spaces changing with the introduction of autonomous vehicles? Uh, Mauricio, Mar- Mar- we'll, we'll, we'll toss it to you first.
1: There's a lot of projections out there and, and theories out of how, how this might go, and, and I'm not sure if, if the jury has been determined yet, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think that some self-driving Cars, they will reduce traffic on highways by by probably a, lar- a large amount. That's one theory out there because people might might be able to just go go faster, and, and the cars will be able to to know how to how to move around more effectively. Mm-hmm. But but others see that the impact be increased traffic if, for example, self-driving cars become so inexpensive. That even people in cities would would move away from using mass transit. So so who knows where this this, this might end up? The other area that's probably uh, interesting is around urban space occupied by by parking garages. Mm-hmm. Today, a lot of people go to work and and park their car. In a world where autonomous vehicles, quote unquote, don't need to be parked, you know, you don't know if you're going to really need parking spaces. Yeah,
0: it'll it'll totally redefine. Like how or where these cars are housed, for example, because like it's yeah. your point, like you don't need all those parking spaces. Because today, cars spend—I'm going to quote a stat. I'll, I'll look it up, mm-hmm. but it's like ninety to ninety-one percent of the time just sitting still, not mm-hmm. not yeah. in use. But I think one of the ideal scenarios here is that these cars, uh, maybe there'll be less of them, but they're used almost you know one hundred percent of the time. Like there's like almost zero downtime between getting you from work. You know, to your home, and then from like, then the car goes back and picks up other people or be gets outfitted right. to do something else. So it completely re- redefines the overall space needed to actually store these vehicles. Instead of having parking garages, it'll be on the outskirts of cities where you'll see like these like fleets just being like deployed out into like wherever the like demand is for the rides.
1: Yeah, maybe to add to my earlier comment, you know, a lot of it will, will vary on on legislation, technological advancement as well. Huh? So right. th- that angle you can't, can't forget about. To your point of, cars being used all the
2: time. That's great for ExxonMobil Mobile service stations. For sure, really we love it. <laughs> <laughs> but too, with urban spaces, I just hope these parking lots get turned into playgrounds or parks or mm-hmm. maybe art installations that can mm-hmm. change to reflect the city.
0: I think there's a lot of interesting concepts to be to be had on how to build on, on top of existing infrastructure, mm-hmm. but also when we look at building new cities, like taking into account like how and what, use cases uh, all these vehicles will be used for because that will radically change in, in the next you know 5 to 10 years on how uh, consumers will be using cars but then also how cities are being built around these autonomous vehicles
1: yeah it's it's actually interesting well the, the one key thing that's probably going to come out of this is there's a a safety component to that you know if you are uh, kind of separating the pedestrians from from, from the fast moving vehicles i'm sure that that, that would be a a safe example, just like you have uh, dedicated train lanes, huh? You cannot just just walk mm-hmm. walk onto them. So, I, the more I think about it, the the analogy of of a train or a mini train that just goes wherever you need it uh, is, is a good one, huh? You have yeah. some dedicated uh, through throughways, and you don't have any pedestrians crossing the the the, the roadway just like that, huh? So. And your background I remember during yeah.
2: the initial call mm-hmm. was civil engineering?
1: Yes, actually my background is um, I'm a civil engineer by training and then I spent uh, over 15 years in marketing, so I have a good combination that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so as a as a civil engineer, what would you like to see from from cities in a sense of um, like do you do, do you need like concepts of like the double road or this idea of like the autonomous track trains or yeah. anything that is like you've been like this like keeps you up at night? It's like yeah. this is what the future of the city should look yeah. like. E-
1: even though I'm I'm in marketing and I'm, I'm very proud of the work I do with my brands, I'm I'm very proud of my, my engineering background, and and the way I think about kind of cities and city infrastructure. As long as you're providing the right quality of life uh, to people and people have a, a good way to. To get back and from uh, back to and to and from work, uh, spend time with their families, go to parks, as you were saying, and so on. As long as you're, the cities are able to have that infrastructure that allows people to to have a good, safe life, I think that that's the, the key objective. And whether it's achieved via autonomous vehicles and and, and so on, or, or through uh, city improvements, city changes, I think the, the the end game has to be a good quality of life, if you ask me.
0: We've talked about the,
1: the infrastructure in the
0: cities and how, you know, that's going to be redesigned. Um, we've talked about consumer change the changing of computer behaviors, but we haven't talked about really, like, what's going to power these vehicles. And I think today, the one thing that everybody seems to be leaning towards is electric vehicles. Uh, just in, like, the market, we're, we're seeing Volvo have an initiative um, to put an, an electric vehicle fleet on the road. Uh, Volvo, in general, I think, is trying to, re- like, reduce all their carbon emissions. Uh, I don't remember the stat, but it's by a lot. And they're, like, they're, they're aiming to have all autonomous, or excuse me, all all, all electric vehicles uh, on the road. So it seems like that is, like today, like the big push for uh, um, autonomous vehicles is to be, to be, to be powered by electric. Um, but that's not to say that when you take a look around Silicon Valley and where people are testing, it, you know, it's all outfitted like, like a Lexus uh, or Toyota Highlander. That's just running off like the classic standard Good old-fashioned American American fuel that we call gasoline. But Marissa, I'm I'm curious to know because you know like there has been a lot of uh, you know push for electric vehicles and and alternative road me, alternative energy sources and the clean initiative. So you know from your perspective as well as you know, Exxon, like, like what are you guys looking to do to really uh, put electric cars on the road or even so like you know, what are those alternative fuel sources that you guys are looking into to kind of help power this uh, autonomous future?
1: A couple comments there, you know, we, we, we provide a, an outlook um, for energy every year as, as ExxonMobil, and, and we always look at this, this type of trends in, in a lot of detail. And as a matter of fact, you know, what, what we do see with electric vehicles is that they, they, they will penetrate the market, but more in terms of the, the small to mid-size car, car market, and it it will grow faster where there is a society support and, and so on and so forth. And as you mentioned, uh, uh, some some of the leading brands out there are are, are doing work work along that that area. Right. So we basically project about 160 million electric cars by 2040. So that's about nine percent of the of the fleet, or 14 percent of sales. Obviously, you still have cars on the road, so that's why these numbers vary. Right. But you will still have good amount of oil demand out there, about two million barrels of oil of oil per day equivalent. Um, but with increasing policy support, expansion of models, changes in, in battery cost operations, those numbers could change. Electric vehicles could continue to increase. So in, in that sense, even if, if you have every uh, light-duty uh, vehicle out there to be fully electric by, by 2040, we still see that depending on, on the market and so on, you'll you still see that there'll be oil oil demand as high as it was not back in 2013. You will still have a big demand in the commercial and industrial sector so right. we don't see that change changing completely so the change is going to be more on the smaller side, uh, type of vehicles huh right. and then obviously it'll it'll vary with with different countries depending on where different countries are in terms of their development stage right and 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 that will absolutely play play a role as to how fast or how slow this penetration goes
2: interesting and yeah. to ask you a personal question with autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles
1: do you see a new demand for oil cropping up um in, in, in some sense i think the, the the oil demand question uh will still be there based on my uh, my earlier remarks uh, certainly with with electrical vehicles uh you want to think of the, uh, the total cost of of powering the mm-hmm. vehicles because if you have an electric vehicle you, you have to provide electricity to mm-hmm. power that that vehicle huh? And electricity could be provided through multiple different sources. So you will still need to to provide that electricity to power the electric vehicle. Huh? And oh. that could come from many different sources.
2: All starts with mm. oil. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can see a future when autonomous vehicles are fully rolled out, where cars now become more of a commodity. And consumers are kind of like losing that like attachment with them. You know, there are going to be like these hubs that are going to start popping up, owned by... Uh, platforms, let's say like an Uber or Google that are really providing this transportation as a service. Are you guys kind of tracking this to see, it's like, you know, this might be like that next potential area for, uh, you know, Exxon like to get into is like this business sector to really power these, these fleet centers?
1: Actually, we're all... Constantly actually look, looking at the future and, and, and making uh, investments and in, in, in understanding things. As a matter of fact, we, uh, your listeners may, may, may know that um, we recently partnered with a company called Yoshi, which is yes. actually uh, looking to the future of uh, delivered fuel. Huh? Right. So, for example, you can have the convenience of, of being at your work, at home, and you'll have a delivery vehicle who comes in and provides your Exxon or Synergy Fuel in, in, into your car. Um, so things like those, I just use that as an example of, of things that we're looking to the future as to how people's behaviors are evolving, how co- how maybe fleets are, are also evolving, and and we want to be the obviously the the right fuel supplier for, for all of them. Huh? We have partnerships with, with with Uber as well, so we're looking at all these things just to make sure that we're we're. we're Staying in, in the mix Because we do know That the business evolves
0: When talking about evolving From your end On, on the R&D side So like you guys are looking Into alternative fuels Right You guys are looking yes. At some like Algae fuels And uh, that kind of Blows my mind So yes, you, could you kind of a- Explain that for me And like, kind of like What and how That could be used To power Fleets in the future In a sense Yes
1: uh, Sure It's actually a Very interesting It's actually A, a, a multi-million dollar Investment that Exmova Is doing In terms of doing uh, Research uh, Either in-house Or with, with Kind of leading Institutions and lead, leading universities around the world, um, and and the idea is to try to find with with the algae I- example specifically whether you can produce fuel from algae, basically biofuel, by by understanding how the uh, the different processes that the algae go through as they grow, right and. Uh, it's a long-term research that's not going to be solved uh, right now. They right. were v- very optimistic about this investment. and, and But it's all about the, the long-term future. And who knows, we might be indeed having fuel uh, coming straight, straight from algae. And is there enough algae to power cities? Uh, excellent question. Actually, the, 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 the research I- is about how you can make algae produce more fuel uh, than they currently can without necessarily having to produce more algae. Uh, th- themselves. Uh-huh. When
2: did you start the algae research? Do you know that?
1: Yeah, the algae research I, be, I believe started in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Mm, I believe okay. so. It's been going for a couple of years already, and we do expect that to keep on going for for a number of years more. Huh? That's really exciting. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super exciting.
2: Who would have thought algae?
0: Algae. I yeah. mean, it's like it's like it's like green slimy stuff on rocks that I thought was just yeah. good for our ecosystem, but I didn't yeah. like to touch. And here we are trying to. It's going to power cars, which is going to blow my mind. Um, but obviously, I, w- I want to take us back to a second uh, when we talk about um, this idea of transportation as a service, and really looking to see how it's going to impact, you know, and again, not just the the auto industry, but like retail um, and CPG. Like, the I've, I've been kind of thinking about this, and <coughs> really like this idea of like on demand stores. Like, I think retail, you know, we, we've already seen how. The market responded to the change in retail in this in in this past year and a half. I mean, it's been a wild ride. Uh, We we lost one of our young sung heroes, Toys R Us. Rest rest in peace. Uh, But I think you know this is when we talk about retail. um, This is like that next step where if you're wondering where retail is going, it's going to these on-demand stores that are be going to consumers. You know, it's going to be these personalized here's everything that you wanted to try on white glove service right to your right to your doorstep or right to your garage um right to your well you know what it might not be a garage anymore cause it'll be totally changed It'll just be like a, a, a six room in your house because you don't you don't, you don't need a car- garage yeah, <laughs> you don't need a garage anymore um but it's just interesting to see um truly that's like how great of an impact this is going to have on on all all aspects of our of our lives um and with that. Well, think
1: of the example I just gave you with even in, in, in our own industry right now, having this, this delivered fuel to you, huh? Right. So that, that convenience that, that you'll be getting, but across the board, across multiple different industries and things like that, huh? You yeah. don't have to do anything. Things just show up and off you go, huh?
0: Yeah, you, I mean, convenience is just, I'm on board with it. Yeah. I love it. I just, I truly, I love
1: it.
2: You're doing it today with Yoshi, and in the future, yes. the evolution yeah. of SpeedPass Plus will power
1: that. Exactly. Even, yeah. even better, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so I want to kind of dig into some, some some brand takeaways here. Um, obviously, I think the first one that uh, we talked about is the additional media time and opportunities that there are in cars, that are, or that could be in cars, whether that becomes from uh, screen time in car that off of traditional social medias, um, or if it's something more like there are now built-in TV screens that show advertisements or whatever it might be, um, there are going to be new opportunities that... I. That'll be great to capitalize on. That'll help consumers uh, not only know when they when they get to destination, but here are the their favorite places to shop. And then you know, as they walk out the door, it's like here are the directions that tell you how to d- directly get there, um, which is which w- which is fascinating.
1: Um, what, one way I think of it, and Angel's earlier comment kind of sparked this 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 idea in me. Like if I'm taking a, to- a road trip with my with my small small children, huh? They, they probably have a, a screen, they're watching something, yeah, and they're yeah. on, and they might be interacting or, uh, with, with an iPod or something like that. Uh, iPad, I mean. But the, the, the key point is that you will almost be just a passenger like my eight-year-old will be, huh? Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. there hanging out and you'd probably even shopping or doing other things like that, huh? But you're very passive. You, you, you aren't paying attention to the road. You're just going for the ride. Imagine...
2: Taking a tour of a city just in an autonomous vehicle, like exactly. instead of just walking around or taking those double decker buses, yes. you could have a personalized yes. uh, travel autonomous vehicle. Y-
1: you just might might do a little bit of the vibe of the city, huh? Exactly, but, but, but it, that's it's an op- option anyway, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, now
0: see, walking tours will be big because all the urban uh, spaces will be. It'll beautiful. It'll be beautiful. So it'll yes. be beautiful uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And
2: well, that's post 2025. Yeah. Based <laughs> on, based <laughs> on the <laughs> from the Angel Mendoza a- a- Angel, Center of Research. Yes. Yeah, and Angel
0: Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. That's truly like my favorite research from the quote. Mm. Um, But, I mean, when you guys, like, Angel, I'll I'll toss it to you because I've got a few more lined up that I, like, to want to talk about. But, uh, like, you know, other brand takeaways that you think are, you know, important to be thinking about when it comes to
2: these fleet of autonomous cars. Well, I wonder the evolution of of out-of-home. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if brands or advertisers would begin to just drive around these autonomous vehicles and have them as branding. So instead of a billboard, it'll be a moving billboard, but it's going to have a low impact on the environment. Right. So how are what are the companies around like that area that will bring that to life and then how will brands leverage that yeah
1: well, it's not different not too different than what you see in, in some european cities where where taxi cabs have uh, advertising ar- mm-hmm. already on them huh so it's just an extra evolution to, to that huh yeah Sa- same true. idea
0: yeah a way to you know, I mean, you know it could be even a way to uh, you know subsidize or sponsor rides for uh, for for users you know whether whether it's a, a late night or you're just trying to get to like work you that's know you, you just see a uh, um, a totally branded let's say you know donut planet plus guy you know like a ton of people pick you up so that way it's e- easy to understand oh that's when I want to get into um, and it's like, it'll be free because it's this, this, sponsored by this company. Um, so it's, to, It's I mean, it's a total option for out-of-home advertising. And the uh, the one startup I want to mention is cause it's called the Wrapify. They mm-hmm. would love, love that to be a big thing because uh, these guys currently, uh, you can take your car into them and they will wrap it in all branding, fully wrapped cars. And then like they, they deploy like fleets of wrapped cars at different events. Uh, so it's like for them, that would be like the ideal future of is like is wrapping these autonomous pods that are just yep. traveling around. Like they'd, they'd be making bank.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when you look at kind of the futuristic type of movies, you don't see a whole lot of advertising in these uh, rapidly moving vehicles, huh? But but who knows? Maybe that's where it'll go.
2: Um,
0: But with that, uh, I think, uh, guys, I I think that's a wrap
1: unless there's anything you want to talk about no it's it's been great uh, thank you very much I really appreciate the opportunity it's Mauricio, been great
0: thank you for coming on and shedding just the uh, the utmost uh, light on this topic so I really uh, really really appreciate it and then for our listeners um, how can they get how can they get in touch with you is there anything that you want to plug at the end here
1: uh, sure no I, I obviously want to make sure that the that, that people are coming to, to our stations our excellent mobile branded stations and buy our, our great synergy synergy fuel and uh, as they're there, you know, make sure they're using our, our XMobile Speed Pass Plus app to pay for fuel. And obviously, join our, our loyalty program, uh, XMobile Rewards Plus. So, Twitter is at MMANGULO.
0: I love that. So, if you're looking for more great content, please go check out our website, ipglab.com. From there, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, it goes out every Friday. It's fantastic. Um, you can also access our Medium blog from that website, and that's where we have all of our uh, great content and where his podcast is actually f- hosted and stored. So go check that out. Uh, you can follow us on social media at IPG IPGLab. Uh, and if you like what you hear, share. Tell your friends. Give us some claps on Medium. Give us an iTunes review. Uh, whatever you guys can do, we greatly appreciate it. Um, so with that, thank you, and we'll talk soon.